first time long time 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 hey there sports fans first time long time i'm tim he's matt matt how are you Doing pretty well. Happy to be here. Happy to be back. Thank you to whoever wrote on Apple that they wanted to hear this show again. I know it uh, sounds a little bit different um, with two guys who can pronounce their R's. Tim, why does it sound a little different? Well, uh, if you're listening to this show, you're used to our friends Tommy and Richie, and I don't think we've heard the, the last of those two guys. I uh, was you know, recently in touch with Tommy. I heard he's doing some off-book security for Lee Zeldin out east. Uh, doing some roller skating out in Seaford. So again, big sh- big shoes to fill for our guy. Uh, how about Richie? What's he up to? Yeah, last I spoke to my pal Richie, he was driving down to Florida. He wanted to start a blockbuster video down there. Uh, and, you know, terrible idea, but I figured I'd try and support a friend. And so they offered to sell this feed to us for pennies on the dollar. Uh, and we took him up on it. So our best to Tommy and Richie. Hopefully the security for Lee and the uh, Blockbuster are going incredibly well. But yeah, we're here to talk about the Mets. Hopefully do so on a more consistent basis. It's been a while. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Richie always did love his copy of VHS and The Last Action Hero. And the Mets, currently, since the last time we've done this show, things have changed quite a bit. The Mets are currently doing very well. They're first place in the NL East. Um, since the show was last recorded, they're purchased by a hedge fund billionaire, a guy named Steve Cohen. So told me this was happening in 2018, I think my pants would basically fly off, Matt. Yeah, I think the last time that we did one of these, they were getting ready for the 2018 season. And as I say that, I'm looking up the 2018 Mets opening day lineup uh, because it's probably going to make me want to vomit blood. But also, it's going to make me really happy because we've come a long way in a short period of time. So, eh, eh, not terrible. Brandon Nimmo, Yoenis Cespedes, Jay Bruce, Estrubal Cabrera, Todd Frazier. Not a Todd Frazier guy. That's going to get a lot of heat. Uh, Adrian Gonzalez, Kevin Poecki, Noah Syndergaard, and Ahmed Rosario. So, I mean, not as bad as I have made it out in my head. But, you know, still not great and, and certainly not what we have today. We're talking about a team... That is on pace for over 100 wins. Probably the, their best record since 1988, I believe. And uh, it's incredibly exciting. Even though we've just lost three out of four to the Braves, I you know, I don't think that the sky is falling. I think it's just time to roll over the Phillies. And with the Phillies and the Yankees upcoming, I think in terms of rivals, I remember the Phillies-Yankees World Series. I didn't really know who to root for. I actually ended up rooting for the Yankees because – had an experience where I went to school near Philadelphia, and the Philly fans are are the worst, the worst. So I guess when it I was comes just to- I was just rooting for the power grid to go down and for them <laughs> exactly. to just turn the page to next season and figure we'll, we'll just we'll just call it a tie. Let's just call the whole thing off. Call the whole thing off um, with the uh, <laughs> Phils and Yankees. What are some of your favorite stories? I know we've both been to a number of different games throughout the years. Um, I've been to probably 10 plus Met Yankee games at this point. So what is, what are some of your favorite stories that you remember from either being in person for a Phillies or Yankees against the Mets? Yeah. I mean, they're only my favorite stories now. Cause I guess, you know, time heals all wounds. 
I remember once at a Yankee game, there was a guy who we had like a 12 game Mets pack back in like 06. And this is when, you know, peak David Wright, Jose Reyes years. So there's this giant guy that's sitting in front of me at most of these games. So we became friendly Yankee fan, um, probably three or four rows behind me. Uh, and it's a windy night. So this guy gets up to cheer when David Wright hits an absolute rocket off of Aaron small. I think, yeah, he basically hit it to like, hit it to like the college point home Depot. Everyone's going nuts. This guy's hat flies off his head in the, in his, all of his, uh, celebration. Yankee fan catches it. So I look at it. I'm like, all right, he's going to, you know, fuck around a little bit, maybe throw his hat back to him after whatever. No. Yankee fan takes the hat, shoves it all the way down his pants and his underwear, wipes his ass with the hat, and then throws throws the the crap crusted hat back at the guy. This guy's like this guy's easily 6'3, between 250 and 300. Not a guy who whose hat you'd want to wipe your ass with. Sure. So the guy I'm I'm like, all right, he's gonna run up and and just get this, you know, just choke this guy to death. No, he takes his beer, throws his beer, misses, beer hits my mom in the face. Now we're all sad. <laughs> she was wearing a raincoat because it was supposed to rain that day, but that didn't make it much better. Uh, long story short, my mom has never gone to a Met Yankee game ever again. Swore them off that day. Yeah. And there was another time when a guy in a Lou Gehrig jersey wouldn't sit down for like three innings. And when someone said, sir, would you please sit down? Uh, he, he threatened to fight me and three of my friends for that, that simple request. So, you know, that's a few Yankee stories, but you know, it's, it's all class up there in the Bronx. Great. People. I guess you could say he was a true Iron Man throughout the game. Oh, yeah. you're telling me <laughs> that I'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, it's either 98 or 99. It's the walk-off Matt Franco against Rivera. But oh, yeah. if you want to go into a time capsule to that period of time, Vincent Pastore from The Sopranos threw out the first pitch. This is the game that Piazza hit the home run over the picnic tent in left field off Ramiro Mendoza, which to this day is, is one of my favorite home runs to ever be live for a game. Um, we actually missed the Matt Franco hit because my older sister had to go to a Sweet 16 that night. So we missed that, missed that final hit, but we did get home in time to see the U.S. women's soccer team win the World Cup and Brandy Chastain rip her shirt off. That was, and at the yeah, time, it seemed, like a, yeah, it seemed like quite a flashpoint. So really, it feels like a very late 90s period. I think there was a lot of Limp Biscuit being played. At Shea Stadium. So, you know, if you go back oh, yeah. to a time capsule, if you watch any of the, the Woodstock documentaries that came out, just picture the kinds of people that were at the Met Yankee game at the time and, and you're like 12 years old. Matt Franco had so many moments. I actually, I am one of the few that liked him uh, a lot better than John Franco. I thought John Franco sucked. Uh, I thought he <laughs> was great at blowing every game that I ever went to. He had, he had one questionable called strike three against Barry Bonds, and that's his, like, that's the memory that's etched into the minds of all Met fans forever. Somehow Met fans have have vilified Carlos Beltran for taking a strike three, but John Franco 
gets to <laughs> blow 7,000 games and, and strikes out Barry Bonds once. And, you know, he's just like, you know, the working man coming out of the pen. Gave his number to Piazza. He's 45. He's, he's just such a, I don't know. It was, uh, really, it should be less about my, my hatred of John Franco and more about how much I, I loved Matt Franco and his courage to grow a blonde beard. Something that's really tough to pull off, in my opinion. Um, and the guy, you know, he was just there. Like, I was at a Mets-Braves game. Matt, Matt Franco is coming on to pitch. It's fireworks night. No one's leaving the park because of I was, that. I was in that game, 16 nothing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a, an absolute <laughs> bludgeoning. And Matt Franco comes on. Rick Reed goes to play the outfield. And Matt Franco struck out Andrew Jones. Who should be in the Hall of Fame? So Matt Franco struck out a Hall of Famer. That's how I look at that. And, you know, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that, that hit off of Mariano was pretty special. So were David Wright's hits off of him. A couple of walk-offs there. Uh, obviously, the Luis Castillo drop I saw after, like, literally walking three steps into my house after going to a funeral. So it felt appropriate that, like, just cherry on top. Hey, you know, someone passed away and now, you know, Luis uh, Castillo is dropping a fucking ball to allow Mark Teixeira to score from first, who, you know, run ran like a buffalo. Not exactly the most fleet of foot guy. And uh, so, yeah, that was, that was a good time. And then, you know, on the Philly side, most of the stories involve just watching it from afar. I don't have any like up close and personal encounters really. But just a bunch of guys who say water, uh, you know, be, being accosted by, by Shea Stadium security at the time and just rolling down the stairs with people, just brawling in the stands. Because, you know, the last time that the Phillies and the Mets really cared to hate each other was like 08-ish. And now I kind of feel like they've gotten together to like combine their powers to hate the Braves. Like I hate the Phillies. I always will. But... It's sort of like a, you know, the enemy of your enemy is your friend. Is that the, the phrase? So, you know, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. So, you know, like we'll look at the Phillies this year and be like, hey, like you guys kind of suck. You're like 10 games back, you know, but the Braves are annoying, right? And they're like, yeah, like they're trying to catch them for the wild card. We're trying to hold them off. You know, they're down there doing that racist chant. And uh, I guess, what do you make of the the Noah Syndergaard stuff? Only because, like, it seems like he's gone out of his way to troll med fans, but at the same time, he's like, "Hey, I'm I'm just a I'm just a boy. Don't don't hurt." You know, it's like you can't have it both ways, Noah. You can't say, "Hey, hey, hey," you know. You can't call time out during manhunt when the guy's about to to get you. You know what I mean? Noah Noah's always wanted to be a celebrity, even when he was with the Mets, and you know. He would tweet out funny things and you're like, oh, that's great. And then he was, you know, hurt all the time. He had a couple of electric moments, I guess, you know, they lost, but he pitched Bumgarner as well as you could in the uh, one game playoff a few years ago. But in general, Noah wanted to be a celebrity. I, I actually have a Noah like hoodie jersey that's incredibly comfortable and I wore it to a game before he got traded to the Phillies and I got chirped by a few different Met fans. So it's actually a nice sign that shows that other people are pretty locked in. And, you know, needless to say, uh, my lesson was learned, you know, bought a new new sweatshirt jersey that's very comfortable. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, you'd like Noah to back his 
his talk up, but at the same time, you know, the guy seems pretty cowardly. Should Noah have been given a tribute video? I don't I don't think so. The way he left, personally. Like, if you wanted to give one to, like, Conforto, I would understand that. But, like, the way Noah left and, like, the comments after, like, I don't think he would want one either. I think sometimes these guys don't want well, he why got would one. Want a tribute video. He got, like, a... He got like a two minute one. Yeah. It was on on screen, and yeah, I I don't know what's less than a tribute video. Maybe like a maybe like a sale on some leftover jerseys that day that you just pop in the store. Yeah, uh, nice yeah, yeah. You know, a, a couple coasters or something. But you know, maybe we don't go as far as giving him the full blown uh, video there. Yeah, and I, I'll I'll close off on Noah by saying. If he were still a Met today and was having velocity issues and, and all this other stuff, what would the Met fan narrative be on Noah Syndergaard? It's a great point. And now we have Max and we got Jake back. So, you know, if we do, if we do have any Philly fans listening, certainly surprised to, uh, to hear you're listening. But we welcome, you know, fans from any team. Uh, if you are listening, please uh, let us know. Should send us a, a tweet with your favorite Bryce Harper Phillies uh, playoff memory. And with that, we'll take a, a quick word from our sponsors. Is the supermarket just not doing it for you? Are the lines at the butcher just too long? Enter Long Island Meats Direct. Founded by my grandfather Vincenzo, I have taken our small butcher in Massapequa and made it into a thriving small business. We deliver meat on a truck to you the very next day at a respectable 40% markup. Nothing says fresh and delicious like meat off of a truck. Long Island Meats Direct. Are you tired of a breakfast for betas? Whether you're a heartless entrepreneur who idolizes Elon Musk or a guy who used to post on pickup sites, have you been searching for a breakfast that represents you? Well, now you have it. The Tin Man, Steel Cut Oats. Forget apple cinnamon and maple syrup. We only make regular flavor that gives you the drive you need to flip someone off on the way to work. Make it the tidbit. All right, and we're back. Thank you to our sponsors there, uh, especially the Tin Man, my favorite brand of oatmeal. National brand. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and this is the stuff, guys. Like, you know, for all your other Mickey Mouse podcasts out there doing mattresses and stuff, you want the real money? You talk to the Tin Man. All right, you talk to <laughs> you talk to some people who are going to pay you a top dollar. But moving on, a guy who I'm glad to see is in the majors finally. Uh, I can't say finally because all year I guess people have been freaking the fuck out about Francisco Alvarez and him coming up. But Brett Beatty has been ripping through the minor leagues, promoted to Double A, did tremendously well, promoted to Triple A for all of about I don't know a week or so. Um, got off to a hot start there, and then after my guy Eduardo hurt his side, and Luis Guillorme, who's actually my guy, like Eduardo's my guy in the way that you just say that, but he's not. Like I don't really care about Eduardo, but Guillorme I love, uh, and with him being out, like you know, we had that real that real Wilpon panic moment where they're like, hey, we signed somebody and brought them onto the team. Uh, they were playing for the Lyon Ducks in April, but have no fear. They play they pre, they play a pretty slick shortstop. And it's like, what are we doing here? And Rachel then finally Morgan. the next day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Next day brings up uh, Brett Beatty, um, home run first at bat, which was relayed to me at a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert by two drunk screaming guys who just kept saying Brett fucking Beatty. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, no, it's uh, I'm I'm excited to have him here. It feels like we're we're we have our third baseman of the future. I don't think he's going to relinquish the role. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think Brett Betty's a guy that understands life is more than just a read through and he's got great power. Uh, reminds wow. me of a young, young Sean Green in a way, uh, guy yeah. that came from Texas. Uh, that's not the Sean Green connection, but just a lefty swing. But yeah, Beatty from Texas, uh, three sport athlete from, from Austin. Uh, it's just nice to have depth. And you know, the fact that we haven't even called up our, our best our best prospect and that th- this guy is like our second best prospect is pretty appealing. And I think he's got a, a bright future uh, for the Metropolitans. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's good that we were able to see that it's, it's worth bringing up a top prospect to play third base uh, in what, in what's been a great season instead of just giving it away, giving it away, giving it away now. Yes, I, I, I agree. I agree completely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, good for you for, for just rolling with that that disgusting shoehorned piece of garbage moment. No, I came right back. Honestly, I, I paused. I was trying to think of something to respond with, and I was going through the, uh, you know, Brett, Brett Beatty says, hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, standing in line to see the game tonight, and there's a light on. <laughs> Heavy glow. <laughs> By the way, Brett Beatty's here. <laughs> something, something. <laughs> wow. I tried, tried to say Brett Beatty be there, and he's here. Yeah. So it all it all works out. So shout out to shout out to Brett Beatty. I think we're excited to to follow him the rest of the year. I assume yeah. he'll, he'll he'll play. I mean, obviously, if he's hitting, he's going to have to play. He had these glasses on when he walked in. He looked like. If you, like they looked like glasses you'd get at Spirit Halloween if you were going to be like a, a highway patrolman for Halloween, and they're they're hilarious. But also, like I did appreciate the confidence. The guy walked in with the headphones on and the the state trooper glasses, like he was going to smash one right over the wall, and he did. And so you know, I'll take that ten times out of ten over you know some timid, just happy to be here guy. So. Shout out to you, Brett Beatty. You're you're the best. And one of the best things with Beatty is it brought up that the last Met to hit a home run in his first at bat was Mike Jacobs, the great Mike Jacobs, lefty, a lot of pop, but we had to we had to let him go. You think there's going to be? I think Brett Gardner cornered the market on like Brett Hart references. A lot of people will just do Brett the Hitman after Brett Gardner got some stupid hit for the Yankees years ago. I would imagine there's going to be a lot of use of the the fact that Brett Beatty has the word bat in his last name. Yeah, it's kind of a layup. It doesn't take yeah. uh, – you don't need a lot of creativity to come up with a nice pun. You know, great, right. great at Beatty. You just, right. You just kind of – you get like an elbow from your, you know, your aunt's friend's husband that goes to the games with you. you know? speaking, of, speaking of puns, a segment we want to try this year – Asleep at the Zeal. We couldn't get our guy Todd Zeal. Uh, he's doing push-ups, and then he's in the tanning salon, and then he has a coloring appointment 
but we wanted to run through with uh, hair coloring, that is. Uh, yeah. You know, so Asleep at the Zeal, who's who's Asleep at the Zeal? You know, one of the best segments we've ever seen, very creative, you know, and we wanted to give our own spin on it. Yeah, we're opening, by the way, SNY to negotiating to take the Zeal of Approval, but in the meantime... Uh, what I will do if we if we ever transition this into video, I will start styling my hair like uh, early aughts Dane Cook, and we will do we will do a sleep at the zeal. Um, and my my sleep at the zeal this week goes to Pete Alonzo, my my beautiful beautiful boy who you know looks astoundingly. Uh, a great deal, actually, like the Coca-Cola polar bear. And so I've never heard a nickname that's more fitting for a man. Uh, but really, really poor choice. Swinging first uh, first pitch or second pitch, whatever pitch it was, it was the one where Lindor was running and was going to easily steal and Kenley Jansen swings, pops it up, winds up falling in. Uh, and, you know, then Lindor had ran back to first base, really easy out. And instead of... Two on, no outs. We've got the much slower guy on first base and Lindor walking back to the dugout. And, you know, I was a little worried for a minute because sometimes if if you don't play solid baseball around Francisco Lindor, he might corner you, pop you in the face and say you saw a raccoon. So I was I was hoping for for Pete's sake that he issued an apology for all the running and the, the miscommunication. But um yeah, that's my. I'm giving that thing my sleep of the zeal. Sleep at the zeal. And we'll uh, we'll do one more ad break. When we come back, we'll have a deep dive into the Car Shield Thirty commercial with our guy Pete Alonzo. Hi, this is Gary Fontacini from Fontacini's Catering in Woodbury, New York. We want to be your number one source for catering hall needs. Whether it's your little girl's sweet 16, a wedding, a funeral, a holiday, or just a day out with the crew, we want to be the people that you come to to make it nice. Good food, we got it. Good drink, full open bar. Good entertainment, we got DJ Bacala on the ones and twos. Sparklers are included if you get that package. So for all your catering needs, once again, come to us at Fontacini's Catering Hall. That's Fontacini's Catering Hall.com. We want to help you make it nice. All right. And welcome back. I think I think we all know where we need to go for all of our catering hall needs. Anybody getting married this upcoming fall? A uh, little little last minute. They can the, the Fonticellis can accommodate, trust me. I personally <laughs> I had, uh, you know, my grandma had her bridge game at Fonticelli's once, once a week, and uh, it was great. They came out with smoke machines and sparklers, and, you know, one of the women was taken out on a gurney, but that's the, the, the price you pay for a little fun, eh? So right. shout out to our guys at Fonticelli's Catering. Best, best veal in town as well, so yeah, oh, credit to them. Easy. See you guys in Woodbury for, uh, for, for an upcoming event. When we talk about people that are very good at their craft and you, you talk about acting, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, I've, I've abandoned my boy, you know, shouting at the top of his lungs or trying to build a house and last the Mohicans and, you know, a full commitment to your craft. And, you know, we get the pleasure to basically see that on TV every single night with our guy Pete Alonzo in the Car Shield commercial. 
Oh yeah. Uh, Pete Alonzo, <laughs> Pete Alonzo's car show commercial is probably reasons one through five why players should be paid more money earlier. Because I mean, yes, he, he puts his heart and soul into it. He's clearly reading off of a teleprompter. Uh, but this is the stuff that has to happen when guys are under team control for six years, you know, a few years ago, Jake DeGrom was opening uh, Costco and Oceanside by me. Did he want to be doing that? I don't think so. But these are these are the things you're confronted with when when you're getting paid league minimum for a while. So the car shield commercial, I mean, you can see his eyes going past the guy and reading the prompter through the window. He's it is there's no way to shoot it to cover the fact that Pete Alonzo is reading a script and, and just being like, yeah, that's right. And if your car but you know, I mean, he's he's very charismatic, and he's 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 got a he's passionate about everything he does. You know, Pete Alonso is the the kind of guy that like kickball games at recess, like he'd cry afterward, not because he lost, but because like he was proud of his guys, that kind of thing. And so the, he brings that same vigor to the car show commercial, but it does also make me a little sad. And I got, I got to say that the swerve at the end when he still needs a ride to the game, it's kind of like Kevin Spacey in The Usual Suspects. He starts walking straight, you know, and <laughs> realize that he was Kaiser Soze. It's just, it's it's something that it, it still gets me. It still gets me every time. I'm like, whoa, you know, the guy needs a ride. Well, to I mean, if, if CarShield really wanted to pony up the way, the way you know, our, our sponsors do, they would have someone in a, they, first of all, well, they go one of two ways. They'd have someone on staff who would go pick him up and drive him to every game in a car shield wrapped vehicle, or they would at least give Pete a car shield wrapped vehicle because you know at some point that's going to get on that's going to be on camera. And I'm I'm a big continuity guy, so if he's getting a ride to the game, I want a car shield uh, car driving him to that game every day. I mean, he's good. For a guy he's he's good enough to have a chauffeur anyway. So you know, it's not like it's not totally out of bounds. And the guy who's on payroll to be the car shield Pete Alonso driver, I mean, you know, phenomenal gig. Let's see, if I have a little experience. Available. Yeah, I have a little experience driving the the rich and famous from Long Island. I I once drove Opie and Anthony to their St. Patrick's Day show. They really? both hated each other. Yeah, so neither of them were talking. <laughs> so we we just sat in silence while while Sirius played in the background. And then I sheepishly said, "Hey guys, uh, have a good show." And <laughs> you should, should turn around and said, "Hey guys, uh, which one is which?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no one said a word to me except uh, except Colin Quinn inside. He said hello. Colin Quinn but seems the, like he'd be a nice guy if you you were. A, you know, his friend, but if you, you cooked his burger wrong, it, it'd be a long night. Yeah, he was nice. He was up at the coffee station, just, you know, yucking it up. It was, it was St. Patrick's Day, you know, what's, what's, uh, what's so bad? But yeah, that's a, that's a, a gig worth, uh, <laughs> worth laying it all on the line for, I think. Good old, good old Pete Alonzo and Car Shields. So credit, credit to Pete. If Car Shields available, you guys need a reference, we can certainly, Hook you up with our good friends at Tin Man. Look forward to some sponsored segments out of them later this season. So, Matt, we're back. 
for all the folks here, we'll, we'll certainly try and get in touch with Tommy and Richie, see if, if we have an update, but hope you're going to stick around if you're listening and you're a little surprised and you made it this far, we're, we're doing something right. Yeah. What do we got here? 34 minutes. This is almost exactly what these episodes used to be. It's what they should be. I think after this period, you know, and this, this point in the show, we've probably grown quite restless. Uh, and if you have any Brett Beatty puns or ways to shoehorn mess related shit into red hot chili pepper songs, uh, feel free to reach out to first time, long time pod at gmail.com or, uh, find us on Twitter at first time, long time pod. Maybe. No, I think it's probably FTLT. Obviously Tommy and Richie had the reins there. So tweets might look a little different now, but you know, we'll, uh, Give it a whirl. Well, all credit to our good friend, Anthony Kiedis and gang. And thank you for all the folks listening. First time, long time. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Hey, fellas, this is Chris from New Hyde Park. First time, long time. Hi, this is Bob from Greenpoint. First time, long time. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Audie Bevilacqua from Hapog. First time, long time. <laughs>